0: Welcome back to Choices to Consequences. Uh, I'm your host, Click. This is the fifth, the fifth episode. So I'm going to get straight into it. If you remember the last episode, uh, it ended up with me being stabbed. Uh, I got stabbed fourteen times. I got slashed twelve times, and uh, sorry, stabbed twelve times and slashed twice. Uh, I, I still haven't got any feeling in my right in my in the back of my right hand. The last two knuckles. I can't feel anything all the way down to the wrist. So anyway, yeah, so I was in the hospital. I didn't want to move back to Hatfield. It wasn't safe for me. I mean, these guys nearly finished me off. Uh, So I stayed in the hospital and they gave me a move from the QE2. They moved me to St Albans, which is where I've always wanted to move because that's where I grew up. That's where my family is. That's where all my friends are. So anyway, I've uh, they've moved me to St Albans, <clears throat> but where they've moved me is is uh, Jersey Farm Sandridge. So it's miles out. Anyway, I mean it takes you like an hour to get into the town. So uh, I've moved there. I'm uh, I had a few odd jobs here and there. I remember working <clears throat> in some factory in Hatfield, and you know worked there for a month, got my first payday, and that was it. I'm off again. I was working back at the taxi base on and off. This taxi base is actually a friend of mine that owns it. And I worked for him on and off for maybe 15 odd years. So I'm right back at it, getting stabbed and slashed and beaten. It didn't deter me from using. It should have done, but it didn't. In fact, to tell you the truth, it was like it never even happened. Oh yeah, I got stabbed. Okay, to the back of my mind. I mean, anyone else, I'm not trying to say I'm unique or anything, but... If it was any sane person, they would think, you know, this is a wake-up call, stop now. But honestly, it, it didn't even cross my... Once it was done and all the wounds were healed up, it didn't even enter my mind. So anyway, moving back to St Albans wasn't such a good thing. Why? Because I'm back at it with all the people I started smoking with. So I'm around all of them. Their habits are through the roof. So I'm visiting all of them, smoking all the time. I'm out uh, I'm doing you know Petty shoplifting Nothing really major Petty shoplifting Odd petty crime uh, Robbing the odd person For their parcel Or parcels Nothing gr- nothing like loads of money But enough to And then obviously I'm working At the taxi base Or at some factory Or just some random little job So I, I'm ticking over In the sense of Every penny I get Going straight on drugs so I'm funding my habit through the roof. My habit now is through the roof. Because what happens is this. You'll uh, you'll be using, like I'd like to say, like consistently, so steadily. So you're doing £20 a day, £30 a day, £50 a day. You get paid, you might do £100. Don't get me wrong, every penny's going on it. But you, it's broken up. Uh, be, why is it broken up? Because your earnings broken up in the sense of this. Let's say you get paid them days. Two fifty was a quite decent wage. So you get two fifty a week. Fifty pound. I would have sub food a week. Two hundred pound. That's not a lot when it comes to smoking crack and heroin. It's not a lot at all. It's nothing, in fact. So that gets smoked. Now you've got five, six days till you get paid again. But you still got a habit to feed. So you go out and earn. So your earning now is twenty pound, fifty pound, forty pound. You have a really good day. You might earn hundred pound. I'm talking about shoplifting because uh, don't forget for you to earn a hundred pounds from shoplifting you've got to steal about 400 quid worth of stuff this uh back in the day you stole 100 quid worth of stuff you would get 50 pounds straight off the bat half price no ifs no buts but uh now or back then even now now's even worse uh back then then it went down to like 30 percent. so every hundred pound you'd get 30 quid and if they knew you were a user you got 20 quid and you know who ruined this it was the users themselves why i'll tell you why this is what they started doing they'll go and let's say they've got 100 pounds worth of stuff i keep using 100 pound because it's just a round number they've got 100 pounds worth of let's just say i don't know 100 pounds worth of clothing it's not a lot i'm just giving an example You're not going to get 50. So you you start off at, I'll give us 40 quid, mate. The guy goes, no, that's too much, no, that's too much. And what ends up happening is this. You end up bartering with him and you need the money more than he needs the item. So you'll end up bartering with him for, for a good fucking 10, 15 minutes. And what will happen is he'll turn around and say, do you know what? I don't really need it. So then what you do as a user is, look, I've got him right there. I need the money. He don't really need the items. So what the users started doing was this: a hundred quid's worth of stuff. Just give us twenty quid. Just give us twenty quid. So now the flat rate became twenty pounds for a hundred pounds worth of stuff. Everywhere you went, now this was it. And what happened? It, it started off at twenty quid. I honestly, I've honestly accepted. Uh, I used to nick these Philly shavers like you know those electric shavers Philips really expensive they were like 250 quid and this is going back then and I would get 20 pound or I would accept 20 pound now you do the percentage on that God knows how, how, how bad it is but you do it one time i had nick so many I was struggling to get rid of them I remember selling two two of these Philly shavers for a tenner just because I didn't want to walk around with them so yeah we ruined it for ourselves and then obviously the internet didn't help Uh, but that wasn't such a big thing back then I'm talking about now with the internet so anyway so look I'm on my arse I've fallen out with my family badly I've fallen out with my landlord even he's taken the flat back off me so now I've got a habit to support I'm homeless and when I say homeless I mean I'm homeless I'm in a bad way Uh, a lot of people say they're homeless when they're not meaning they've still got places they can go Uh, sofa surfing in my eyes is not homeless homeless is what it means homeless, less at home as in sleeping in parks, graveyards uh, breaking into old cars that haven't moved forever uh, just to sleep in the back Uh, people's garden sheds community center gardens i would do all of that and i have done all of that that is what i call homeless you know we get so cold at night mate honestly it's it's, you don't really sleep uh you might get a little 10 minutes awake 10 minutes awake and that's how the pattern goes so anyway look uh, i'm in a bad way no one wants to speak to me no i'm disowned left right and center i've got nowhere to turn what do I do, and I can't believe I've done this, in a way it's a good thing, because my second son was born, what have I done, I've picked up the phone, I've managed to get my wife's phone number, and don't forget, we've been split up for a while now, I haven't spoke to her, haven't heard from her, uh, and I've rang her, and I've said, look, I've got nowhere to go, and I'm talking a good while, uh, and not months, longer than that, and she's gone. look, this is your child, I'm still your wife, come, i was kind of shocked i was kind of blown back by that answer so i got my pal to give me a lift from st Albans. she was living in uh, welling garden city near the hospital and bam i moved in with her i promised her i'm not gonna smoke i'm not gonna do anything uh i'm in welling i don't really know anyone and what have i done believe it or not i've sorted myself out i cold turkeyed with no help no medication no nothing she just left me alone in a room. Uh, I only had one kid then, my oldest. Uh, she was like, don't leave daddy alone. He's not well. Uh, I clucked in that room for like, people say it's five days you cluck for. It's not. It's really not. It takes a good two, three weeks when you're using uh, a lot. It takes that sort of time. Honestly, your your appetite and your sleep takes a good month or two to come back. Uh, so yeah it was like a good three weeks uh, I emerged from the room had a shower because I hadn't showered for ages because when you're withdrawing you, you, you can't go near water it's like you've got a phobia of it so yeah I came out of there clean I ended up honestly keeping my nose clean excuse the pun and uh, ended up getting a job at ASDA I was a fishmonger Uh, Quick side story: I went to Wembley, which is like one of their main flagship stores, like the huge store. And they trained me. There's a fish supplier called Youngs. They supply to Iceland and out, obviously, Asda and other places. Uh, They're really big, frozen fish, fresh fish. And uh, Ian Wright done the advert for them years ago. It was a new thing. It was like fish in the bag. Like you just throw the whole bag in the oven. It was a gimmick thing then, big thing. So anyway, they trained me to be a qualified fisherman. Don't ask. I don't know how I got into it, but I did. It was a job. I was happy. The missus was happy. I was bringing an income into the house. And then what happened? I got another job. I remember going to a petrol station, filling up. They had a vacancy there. I just asked, just inquired. I was still in my uniform. And she goes, right, you can start tomorrow. I can see you work. Can you start tomorrow? So then I was working at ASDA. I was working at the petrol station 6 till 2 6 in the morning till 2pm then I was start, uh that was at the petrol station then I was starting at Asda at 3 till close and close was 10 uh, and then weekends I would work at Domino's Pizza I even got a third job uh, yeah so I started working at Domino's Pizza so I had three jobs loads of money coming in Uh, nice car everything's sweet missus is happy everything's going really well Uh, my wife gets pregnant again with our second boy so over the moon brilliant everything's great now I'm not content with three jobs worth of money I should be earning plenty of money what happens I decide to start selling drugs like an idiot why did I do it I don't know and it's true what they say when you've got money you just want more money and i'm not saying i had money in abundance but i was working really hard i mean three jobs uh when a month two months ago i was shoplifting uh jars of coffee come on so i uh, i'm doing all right i don't know why i done it so i started selling drugs like an idiot i can't believe i done this so automatically now what happens is this it's not just the selling of the drugs. Now I've got to uh, mix with the criminal fraternity to get these drugs. Uh, so what happens is, where I'm doing pizza deliveries, people who know Hatfield know Hatfield, that that estate, that area is renowned. It's always had a... Uh, I mean, when they were first built, they looked all great, but then within, within six months, you've got uh, old mattresses up alleyways, nappies all over the floor, bins overflowing, you know it's bad and yeah they got uh, they were renowned for drugs so anyway I'm delivering pizzas and above them there's drug dealers like I said I started selling drugs and then what happens I started using like an idiot I've been a few months clean not loads but a few months why what you know I'm kicking myself now thinking about it I should have just stayed content stayed happy I'm earning a decent wage from all three jobs I just wanted more money more money more money and that's what happened I started using again and honestly building yourself up from nothing from where you've been having now you want to work and doing all that takes a few months but to fall off it honestly you fall off within hours I've started using again the telltale signs now my money when I'm bringing it home is not as much as it usually was now the lies start oh I didn't do a shift then and oh this and oh that and oh this and oh I wasn't working that day I just went to help a friend out and all of the lies start once the lies start uh, you know it it just goes from bad to worse to worse to worse I didn't know you know uh, what could I say she sort of knew I think in her heart of hearts she knew but she was willing to give me the chance because I'd come so far so uh, yeah I start not caring about my appearance as much you know the shaving the bathing every day that's going out the window I'm waking up and she knows the signs I'm waking up clammy sweaty uh, nose dripping and then I pop out for half an hour come back and I'm cool I'm fine she's not silly she knew she's like I said she lived in with me in Pakistan and she saw and I explained to her what a habit was so she knows Uh, yeah man how I I, so bad and then obviously my wife's pregnant as well uh more stress on her so uh yeah that's what started happening so anyway i've lost one job uh i'm clinging on to the other two you know sometimes i'd say to my missus i'm going to work but i wouldn't be i would have got paid that day and i'll be out blasting the money then i'd come home and come out with some outraged excuse uh I, i i lost the money at a petrol station Uh, someone took it out you know coming out with stupid things you know looking at the time I'm thinking they're great the lies are brilliant you know she will never see through these but saying them out loud now they're pathetic so now I've got a full you know literally within a week not a week but you know within a couple of weeks I've got a full blown habit now what's happened now now this is happening she's now booted me out of the house Uh, I've lost I had two cars one of them I've lost I've lost yeah a raging habit i've lost all of my jobs now oh dear now i'm in a bad bad way uh yeah i couldn't believe it you know and last you know three weeks prior i had three jobs and everything was sweet uh, within a month i've lost all my jobs i've got a raging heroin habit raging crack habit I've lost one of my cars, I've been booted out of the house, I can't see my kid, my own family from St Albans doesn't want to know me, my wife and that, she doesn't want to know me, I'm living in my car, within three weeks I've fallen off that bad. Right, so the guy that I'm uh, getting bits off, who I'm scoring off, one day he's asked me, excuse me, have I got a licence, i have got a driving licence? And I told him yeah I've got a driving licence, he goes alright, do you want to do some work? I said, "Yeah, cool. No problem. You know, because end of the day, me doing petty theft, trying to support a habit which is growing rapidly or has grown rapidly out of control. It was just uh it was just a, a, a easy thing for me to do. Drive around, uh, dropping bits off. You know, it's, being around drugs majority of my life. So it's not, it's not hard to do. You just drive around. it will tell you where to go. You go there." You drop off uh, twenty, forty, sixty, eight hundred quid, or whatever it is. Get the money whenever the the amount he's is given you to run out. Normally around five hundred or a thousand pounds up every time. Uh, that will normally get done in a few hours. Uh, you go back. Here's the money. Here's the reload. And it was a twenty four hour operation. So yeah, uh, I said yeah, no problem. I'll do that. I was getting paid because i was doing like near enough 20 hours 20 honestly some days i do it for two days straight have four or five hours sleep back at it again i was getting paid 20, 20 30 30 pounds for expenses so that's food fags and top up for the phone credit and i was getting paid 200 pound a day uh which i could take in drugs i always took it in drugs i mean i may try to kid myself like no i'll take the money but i'll always end up getting drugs with the money regardless and then you would give me three items to start my day off that, that morning the good wage man that's near enough £300 and I'm talking back then uh, I mean it weren't 300 to him but uh, that's what I was getting near enough that so it's a good wage man so anyway that's what I started doing back then he was the only one doing it in Hatfield and Wellin, Hatfield and Wellin, he covered them too. He was the only one doing it at that time, and it was twenty pound twenties only, three for fifty or six for hundred quid, and uh, two areas to cover. So what I would do is, he, I, he got me two cars. Uh, I can remember it was a Calibra B6, beautiful green colour, and a, a, a Land Rover, not a Range Rover, the small ones. The is it a Land Rover, maroon colour? So what I would do, I'd use one car for one area, the other car for the other area. And you'd get calls all day, all day long, go to from Hatfield to Welling to Welling to Hatfield, back and forth, back and forth. So I'd park at the halfway mark around the Bushall Hotel, and then the next day I'd swap areas and swap the cars around. Uh I don't know why we done that. Because uh You know, like I said back then, he was the only one really doing it and covering both areas, police all over us really and it's funny because I speak to Dave now the the officer who's my C2 officer and I mention a, a, a copper's name from back then who was the drug squad version back then and yeah he's he's uh, he's quite a well known copper I think he's retired now but uh, beat this he used to ring me up in the mornings or, in the, or even in the evenings and go uh, alright click how, how, how many rocks you sold today How much brown have you sold today? You know I'm going to get you. You do know that, don't you? This is a conversation I was having with the copper. Crazy. But, uh, yeah, one one thing that sticks out in my mind was uh, we just picked up, I think it was an ounce. It was late night. We couldn't get to South London and no one wants to do the South London drive at two in the morning. So we needed an ounce of the light one, the white, just to tick over till the morning and then uh, we'll go up to South London. So I remember that. Uh, I remember getting it, going up to a certain flat, chopping it up, wrapping it up, uh, back in the jeep, and now we're flying. So we're coming from Hatfield to Welling. I knew it. I just had a feeling. It's two, three o'clock in the morning. Any chance police see us now? Guaranteed we're going we're gonna to get pulled over. There's no reason for you to be out at this time. And what happens? Woo woo! Police see us. Boom! We get lit up. I'm not pulling over, because he's got all that on him, and it's all in 20s, so he's got an ounce chopped in 20s, plus what he had before of the brown. So, you know, like, oh dear, what do we do? What can we do? So he's gone to me here, take some of these, and they're wrapped well, and they're wrapped well for this reason, and this is, this is why they're wrapped well, so you can swallow them, uh, they won't break up inside you, and you can poo them out so he's giving me a handful I've got a big whole handful he's got a handful and all we're doing I'm not pulling over it's the rule of the street isn't it? you don't pull over until everyone's secure so all we're doing is swallowing swallowing and drinking water swallowing and drinking water swallowing and drinking water knowing they're not going to break open knowing we can pull them out next day what happens is we get pulled over I mean finally I pull over they come search us nothing they found a couple of old phones stuck down the side uh, he found there was three of us in the car me, him and this girl they found a bit of weed and back then you can get Nick for weed but you know the copper he looked at it he knows what we're up to he knows you know there's markers on the cars it's just a case of cat and mouse and he we were not going to do anything but the girl they had took and separated her and when they searched her we was about to go when they searched her they found drugs in her bra and honestly I I can remember I had one foot out they said yeah go because they had us in the back of the car we could have gone and what happens is no don't let them go don't let them go oh dear so anyway we go down for a strip search they take the car Okay, can we go a strip search has nothing's found boom can we go now Uh, yeah go on see you later oh get the keys then no your car's in the inbound what yeah your car's in the inbound you're going to have to because they're going to strip that car to bits and you're going to have to take your paperwork and we'll let you know when you can go and pick it up so we're stuck without a car now I'm not, I'm, we've got the other car but we wanted that car because that car was a nice it was a Land Rover like I said not the big Range Rover Land Rover and it was comfortable to do long journeys because we used to go to South London to either drop money off which is another story I'll tell you in a minute or pick up gear anyway so what's happening is now right so we've gone to pick this car up one day and what's happened we're in the car we've gone to burn oak to pick up gear and then from burn oak we had to go to south bermondsey i don't really know oh yeah bermondsey to pick up more gear and everywhere we're driving i swear because i've got this thing for remembering number plates i keep saying to myself to, to my pal on wheel i'm going have a look out the side is that not the copper from our area he's going now nah, you're high you're high as a kite you're high as a kite and he just kept putting it down to that so yeah. i said to him once i said look i'm going to edge my wheel out because was in a bit like a uh, 10 12 car like small traffic jam i said i'm going to edge my wheel out so it looks like i'm going to pull off if that car edges out we know it's a copper yeah but that's not really proving nothing so I edge out and lo and behold the car edges out so okay then when we were in Burton I remember driving down a dead end and this car pulls in down a dead end turns around and pulls out come on we go to a shopping a shopping parade in uh, South London in the car park multi-story car park and what happens car pulls in behind us and it's that copper from Hatfield I knew it I knew I had this feeling I knew it and do you know where it all started from it all started from the stereo this this is after we'd taken our car out of the impound the stereo whenever we'd answer the phone before our phone rang we would know it was about to ring because we'd get a vibrating sound in the car so just before our phone rings we'd get like a little humming sound and then our phone would ring this never happened before it's only started happening now makes me think that there was a tracker in there I'm not saying we were doing, like, big moves and loads of drugs. It's not that. But we were causing so much havoc on the streets. We were so busy. You know, we were doing three, four grand a day, which was good money back then. And not all profit, obviously, but that just shows the amount of traffic, the amount of people that we dealt with. Uh, Yeah, that was hard work, man. The hardest thing was avoiding the police. Because, like I said, once you get a marker on your car... uh, and wherever they pulled you up. Back then they used to give you these green stop and search tickets. And I swear to you. I I remember having 21 script searches and stops. 21 in a week. No one did ever have that amount. But my glove compartment started filling up with these things. They they stopped them after a while. And uh, Now if you want a record of your search. You'd have to go police station and so on and so forth. But uh, I remember times where they had stopped me. I'd literally jump out the car... Sometimes I swear... They would search me... Make me take my shoes and socks off... On the side of the street... They would take me to the police station... strip search me... They would uh, search my car... As much as they could... On the side... And I mean take... And I mean honestly... Taking the battery caps off... And petrol... Tank and going crazy on the car... And uh Strip searching me... And then having to walk back... From the police station they'd always say oh we'll drop you back in your car and they never would uh, so yeah anyway though, the amount of stop and searches one time I got stopped uh, in Welling pear tree shops now from the pear tree shops uh, where the doctor surgery is there's a one stop there from there to if you come down straight down the road to the actual parade of shops it's not far In the car, it's like 10 seconds. So, one, I got stopped at one place, strip searched, come back to the car. This time, they actually dropped me off. I've jumped back in my car, started up, and I've driven down to the little parade shops. And I've got pulled over by another copper. And I've said to them, Look, I've just been stopped and searched. He goes, No, this car, we stop it, we got to search it, you got to come for strip search. So, they take me in for a strip search between the between my first search and the search the second search they what they done is they go you can't go anywhere you're being detained this is after the search they had to call the search dogs from Bedford because I don't think they had dogs back then for the area and then the dogs searched every garden on both sides from that stop to that stop it started getting so out of hand I mean I would have to go every three, four days to uh, South London to drop money off. A dirty block of flats, horrible. And I used to drop it up to the guy in the wheelchair, but that's another story for another time. Black guy in the wheelchair, paralysed, neck down. Uh, that was the first time I see a gun, believe it or not. Uh, but anyway, uh, he had an entourage around him, and I, I, I was I was so scared but like I said that's a story from another for another time and like it was a cat and mouse game for me to even join the motorway once I joined the motorway I know I knew I'd be like semi alright but it was trying to get to the motorway to get an, on my journey to get to South London uh, knowing that if I get pulled up that money's gone knowing if I get pulled up and that money goes I've got an answer for that uh, I haven't got that sort of money I'll be working forever to pay that off uh, yeah like i said it just it just went from bad to worse and trying to avoid the police and that was the hardest thing it weren't so much concealing the drugs it was more trying to avoid the police and like i said knowing i remember whenever they stopped us which was often guaranteed two or three times in a day whenever they stopped us the first thing they'd do is grab our hands uh, and one would grab my throat uh, or pinch my nose I remember one copper got me on the floor. Uh, we were called. There's a woman stood there. She was drug school back then. Her, her initials were SJ. Anyway, I remember being stopped and put on the floor. And the copper's going to me, do you think I'm a mug? Do I look like a effing mug? This is the copper saying it to me while he's got his knee in my back. And then he's going to her, spray him, spray him. I can see it in his mouth uh adamant that i swallowed something. alright I did swallow something, but it's not the point. Uh things started going like that, started getting worse. The, the 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 hard stops, I think they called it, they started getting really worse. Uh the way they dealt with us, it, you know, it, it started going from bad to worse. Uh it really, really affected making money. It really affected it. Like the takings were dropped from like a free foreground Down to £1,800. Sometimes, some days, it'll be about £1,200. I was thinking, what's going on here? Because uh, so many times we'd be dealing with customers and police would pounce and uh, we'd all disperse. So the users would be like, well, we lost our money and we ain't got the drugs. So, uh, you know, they're not going to do that when it's taking them all day to graft the money because I've been in that position and it's not nice. Yeah, like I said, things just went from bad to worse you know like I said so you've got to avoid the police the other thing is this uh, anyone can get robbed it happened to us I remember going to serve someone up me and the fella I worked for he was with me for the ride that day we've gone to serve someone up the guy's pulled out a big knife Uh, I've got a phobia of knives having been stabbed so many times I'm really scared of them Uh, I was in the driver's seat I couldn't go anywhere he jumped out the passenger seat to serve the guy up so I'm parked up a bit down the road and I can just see the guy being chased I can see uh, the guy behind him running screaming with the blade in his hand knowing that if he catches my pal and there's only, only a couple of bits on him but uh, what do you do you either give up a couple of bits and then everyone knows oh they're easy targets they're easy to be robbed and then you won't make a penny you'll end up getting robbed every day by idiots as well uh, so you've got to stand your ground so yeah he stood his ground he got his finger cut off but uh, yeah I mean people didn't try it like that that wasn't a common thing but I'm not saying it didn't happen I mean when that guy was chasing further down I remember I had to hit him with my car he swung a gold club at the windscreen at the time I pulled the car in just whipped it in whipped it out and I had to hit him just to like say whoa listen mate back off of it here Uh, yeah man it went from it started getting bad like that we we lost a lot of drugs so we'd have to bury it in the middle of the night or if we're getting chased we'd have to fling it and try and pinpoint a place where we think we've thrown it But when we come back we never ever found it I had my suspicions I had my suspicions but uh, yeah sometimes we'd bury and then we'd spend half a day not replying to anyone on the phone looking for that couple of ounces or one time it was two in a queue which is two ounces and a quarter ounce Uh, 62 63 grams uh, in Hatfield buried couldn't find it that happened a few times a few times like that. And do you know what? When you bury someone in the dark, it's never where you think when it comes light. When the light's out, it's totally in a different area. Nowhere where you thought it was. At this, uh obviously at this time, look, my habit is crazy. Two, three hundred pounds a day. But the thing is, if I stop supplying with this guy, I mean I worked for him it was never my business or anything but I know if I'd stop doing this supplying how am I going to support this habit to go out and shoplift and do all that I wasn't doing that as much then but to go out and do that it's too hard commercial burglaries dwellings it's too hard to earn that sort of money uh, to supply the heroin and crack for your body it's, it's, it's too much you can't do that amount I mean yeah, it will rapidly, rapidly decline but uh I don't want to be smoking twenty, thirty quid a day, I wanna be smoking as much as I can get my hands on. Uh yeah, this went on for uh, a number of years. A number of years. I mean, uh yeah, I lost a lot of parcels, uh got robbed, done a few robbies but got robbed. Uh yeah, it just went from bad to worse and uh no way out. I couldn't see any way out. I couldn't see it ending. Uh I'll tell you how it ended the guy who i was working for got arrested and he was here illegally he got deported back to a european country and then obviously the business stopped uh and that's how it ended uh yeah so when it comes to drugs supplying drugs smoking drugs honestly without sounding big headed it's nothing to be big headed about but i don't think there's anything i don't know about the crack and heroin game honestly and like most of us like most of us users we know about it inside out even we we know more about it than even the people doing it at this young age uh, and if you look at the age of users i mean i'm 45 uh, 46 in a few days but anyway 45 the people that use the hard drugs the crack and the heroin are the people my age maybe slightly younger but definitely my generation the younger you get less popular this drug's getting which is a good thing i think it's a brilliant thing but this drug is getting less and less popular the younger you get the younger the 21s or 22 year olds they don't really use this drug and i'll tell you why that is because a lot of their parents i'm not saying all their parents please don't think i'm saying that But a lot of their parents, especially the London lads, they've got such a deep-rooted hatred to this drug because a lot of their parents use this drug. A lot of their parents are the ones, and I've met a few of them, I used to smoke with their mums or with their dads, and I'd say, I know your mum, I know your dad. And they hate users, uh, junkies, users. They hate them because they see it as in, you know, they had a bit of a deprived childhood because their mum or their dad was using. And I you know, I remember them when they were young, or they would be young, you'd go in, you'd send the kid into the other room, and those were those kids that were being neglected. So they've got such a deep rooted hatred for this drug. I mean, yeah, they do weed and molly and maybe a bit a bit of the old sniff and that's as that's as deep as it gets. Uh, with the crack and the heroin no way yeah they sell it yeah they make money off it but is it a good thing of course it's a good thing the younger they get the less chance it is of them using it and honestly another 10-20 years and I think this game is going to be so extinct or close to because the, the, my age lot there's not many of us left I mean there's loads of us left I'm just saying not many of us left as in a lot of us are dying jail a lot of them and just hanging up their spurs and not wanting to use anymore, getting to get into that age, uh, which is a good thing, honestly, which is a great thing. So you know what? From my, from my pal getting deported, to 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 even just now, to me just getting on this C two course, eight ten months ago, uh, not having smoked since February, sorry January the thirteenth. 2023 so all them years 20 odd years I mean I've been habited for 28 years but though those 20 years constant on off using not using but when I say not using I mean not using for a couple of weeks uh, in between paydays which is a common theme a lot of users will say oh I haven't used for 3 weeks the reason you haven't used is because you've got no money. So, uh, it's a difference between not using when you've got money in your pocket, not choosing to use, or not having the means to use. They're two different things. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, but I, 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 I struggled with it. Because uh, with me, I go to that extreme where I can't just smoke a little bit. I really can't. Uh, if I'm smoking, I'm all in. Uh, and that's me with anything addictive behaviour addictive personality addictive traits whatever it is that is me all in all if if I'm doing something I'm doing it all the way otherwise listen there's no point doing it uh, yeah so he gets deported I'm now struggling so now look I mean look what's happened to me I've broken up with the missus she's had our second child uh, can't see them i don't even speak to my own family i've got no way of uh like a steady income selling drugs supplying drugs working for someone who's doing it none of that i've got a raging habit i'm homeless uh i've lost both the cars the business has just gone kaput so i'm i'm 10 times worse off than when i started and that's another common thing uh when it crumbles it crumbles so quickly that uh you lose your footing because when it happens, like I said it happens so quickly you don't even realise and it is a domino effect. The first one goes and honestly before you can blink the last one's dropped. Uh yeah. So I mean look at it. I was doing well, three jobs, everything sweet, money saved, car outside, everything paid for living life, working hard and look, just fell to bits so quickly i was so devastated from where i was to where i ended up uh and you know what the damage you do uh and this is why with me especially with the cry wolf thing especially now i mean it's a bit better now but now as in this time when i say i'm getting clean or i'm doing well or i am clean to any family member of mine uh, they roll their eyes like, oh yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, sweet, yeah, we're happy for you. Oh yeah, here we go again. Uh, and I know that's what they're thinking. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd be, i I'd, I'd probably be worse than them if I was, if I was in their shoes. But uh, you've got to go through it. You've got to expect that. You've got to expect that from them because I've done it so many times. I've lied about it so many times. You've got to expect that from them. That when you say, oh, I'm getting cleaned. Uh, oh yeah yeah we go again that, do you know what I don't even like mentioning it now I don't say oh I've been clean this amount of time I mean I say it to myself because it's been a year and I'm very happy but I don't like praise and I don't like people acknowledging oh look how well you're doing Dave says it to me all the time my counsellor says it to me even the judge when I go for my monthly review even the judge says it and do you know what I don't like it I hate it uh, i even say to them look i don't like praise i don't like i don't like it being mentioned but uh yeah they they do it and sometimes they say look come on you've got to take a bit of uh you got to take a bit of praise man you've done so well but uh I'll, I'll say to them yeah no problem but deep down i don't like it you know what i'm going to do i'm going to do a whole podcast like a whole episode on shoplifting because uh it was my bread and butter for, for many years. Uh, and I'm not just talking about one or two items. I, You know, that's how it starts. But like with any like real shoplifter, they'll tell you it just progresses, progresses, progresses. People start putting in orders for stuff you haven't even got yet. And uh, just like a lot of people that are supporting habits by shoplifting. Once you find a quick earner or good, decent earner, we drain it dry we drip this blood and drain it dry until it, it just can't be done anymore so i'm going to do a whole episode on how i shoplifted methods i use what i done a disclaimer shoplifting is not good please do not do it it's against the law you will get arrested you will go to court so yeah but uh, believe it or not you can make more money shoplifting if you know what you're doing than you can being a burglar uh yeah man like i said and i'm talking about shoplifting anything it's just about it's about demand isn't it so i'm talking anything from trays and trays of coffees to drills to uh drill bits i don't know to trainers to clothing to to markers uh to uh, parker pens anything at all uh it's just about what they want and what happens is this the cheaper the item gets, the more in bulk you have to get it, obviously. But uh I'll do like I said, I'll do a whole episode on that. Around this time I've said, you know, look, I'm not I'm not selling anymore. I'm I'm I've split up from family both sides, kids, missus, and mum and brother and sister that side. Uh I'm I'm shoplifting, but not to the extreme that I was later on, like a year, a few years down the line. So, this is going on for for a while and what happens, I pick up the phone again, ring my missus again and say, can I move back in with you again? She says, yep, no problem, the kids miss you and you know what, I used that. She used it to, you know, to say when I can and can't come round and I used it to say I need to see the kids. and that's what you do when you're a user you manipulate the closest people to you because they're the easiest to do it too Uh yeah so I moved back in with her and then from Welling she when I rang her she had actually moved to Luton so now I had to move to Luton and those who know know Luton come on man it's just no disrespect to any of the Luton boys out there but come on Luton it's renowned uh I'd say there's more drugs there than anywhere I know. It is in abundance. So yeah, I I was right at home. But uh, I'll do a whole episode about that. Anyway, you know what? Thank you for your support. Big shout to George Bagnall for helping me with the podcast. Uh, Big shout to Dave. uh, Jen, Jenny, behind the scenes lot, on the scenes lot. Uh, Yeah, man, nice one. Uh, thank you for your support big shout out to Scott the Wizard my tech guy and yeah man brilliant I've been getting really positive uh, positive messages positive responses people are liking the podcast and uh, I hope it grows I believe it will over time yeah thank you to Lizzie from probation and Nikki from CGL uh, I'm just thinking if I left anyone out and thank you to Judge Woods Uh, yeah brilliant stay tuned and next episode next week thank you very much